with the uh, guy. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. You would love don't breathe. It's fucked up. I had to stop At watching it. At one point, it made this me guy sick. is it new? Like it was a like year a couple and a half years ago. ago or the kids in <clears throat> like or in Detroit break into the guy's house who's deaf and they're gonna steal from him. Or he's I think he's just blind. Blind. Yeah, that's what it is. It I'm is. not a rapist. I'm just trying to get replace my daughter who died. <laughs> No, I stopped watching. I had I couldn't finish it. You got to give that full props though, right? Grave transfer props, yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's like, zero props. Dude, it's it's a it's something fake that made you feel. I give Don't Breathe a zero out of ten. <laughs> Would not recommend to anyone. I what about that? That right there is a recommendation to. I me. actively right, I warned say, like, people about it at Crazy Mike. Would I was you like, recommend no. this movie it to gets Django? Yeah, he would fucking love it because he's a monster. Because <laughs> like, he's a what? He's a monster. He's, there's a great. Oh, wait, no, it's me calling you a monster on the podcast from last week. No, I'm a monster unleashed. I like. By the Comics Place. Parmesan. It's us. We read comics, we sort comics in reverse order. <laughs> we sell comics, we hang out with people, talk about comics. Now we're talking about comics. Comings, going, sanctum, here we are. Jana. <laughs> You're so reptilian. You're like Jim Morrison, but you made it past 27. I'm Django. I'm 28. I'm Brayden, and I'm I'm uh, at the ripe old age of 36, I guess. <laughs> and I'm Jeff, and I would probably be the keyboardist in the doors. <laughs> Ray Manzarek. Yeah, Ray Manzarek, exactly. Uh, I, who? Ray Manzarek. I'm, I'm a little ashamed and proud that I know the name of the keyboardist of the Doors, but... Oh, I went through a big Doors phase. Yeah. That... It opened a lot of doors for me. Uh, yeah. That was when you were on your real acid phase. <laughs> it was just all all desert and serpents and cactus. Oh, I'm man. Smith. Acid Smith. Acid Smith. Acid Smith. Acid Smith. Athens. Um, uh, today we're going to talk about The Punisher 223, or like 7, or whatever the n- number is. We're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog number 1, Isola number 1, Anal, what is, oh, Analog number 1. Analog. Analog number 1. <laughs> Batman the White Knight number 7. Are there podcast awards? Because that this is the one, guys. I can feel it. This is um, the one. Yeah, we're going to get our, our potty. <laughs> Oh, I always wanted a potty. <laughs> uh, Batman number 44, Deathstroke versus Batman, but it's actually just Deathstroke number 30, and uh, Xerxes number one. And probably other stuff, and none of it in that order, probably not, but what I do really want to get is A, a spoiler warning, because guys, it's a spoiler time. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. We got them. We got them. Welcome to Spoiler Town. Hey, kid, you want a spoiler? Town. Also, Spoil guys, me. Uh, do you have a race car? No? Sorry. Can I get some neon <laughs> underskirtage? Uh, yeah, we we'll get some glow, glow down there. I you want, like that. You want spinners? No. <laughs> when did you become an all, like, a one-stop body shop? Uh, oh. a couple years ago. We have got to get to the heart of the issue, which is 
Sonic the Hedgehog number one, the issue. Now, Django, this is a comic you've been just kind of ranting and raving about for for like months since we first heard about it. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. I like pressing X to duck or whatever the fuck he does. Um, he's I'll allow it. He's an echidna. Wait, no, he's a hedgehog. Knuckles, Knuckles is, the is the echidna. echidna. Mighty's the armadillo. Vector is the crocodile. Espio is the chameleon. What kind of monster names are Kid Vector? <laughs> You're a bunch of lines. If you saw Vector, you would know. What's up, math kid? He uh, he listens <clears throat> to music on his uh, cassette player as he's like swimming under. He's, he's a crazy croc. I felt a little like the odd man out on this issue because I knew Django was super super hype on it, and mm-hmm. like Braden obviously was super hype on it. It was his sign out on last week's podcast. Gotta go fast. You've been talking about this for a while. What is it about Sonic that gets you going, revs the engine, mm-hmm. and how would you gets feel the, on the issue? Gets that spin dash going. Uh, I like Sonic the Hedgehog because I grew up in the midst of 90s video games, and you know, like, there was Mario and, like, Donkey Kong and, the and paper Pokemon Boy. and all that cool stuff, but, like, Sonic was just cool. Yeah. Like, he's spiky, he's fast, he doesn't give a fuck. No, he does not. And you know what's cool about him is he's a bad boy, but there's a badder version of him in the I form know. of Knuckles and Shadow. Yeah, it's just... Do you know, are Knuckles and Shadow made out of coins also? Rings? Rings? Do they have uh, rings stuffed in them? Yes. Okay. Isn't Correct. that strange? <laughs> Isn't that strange that they live off of the golden ring? I mean, if only we could live off such a... Holy. Wonderful sustenance. Holy. I get it. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is uh this is Sonic the Hedgehog, number one by Ian Flynn. Um pencils by Tracy Yardley, inks by Jamie Mosh and Bob Smith. Um Tyson Hess on cover A, who I really like and who did the uh Sonic the Hedgehog, Mania, whatever. he did. They, they did a new animation on YouTube that he was a big part of that I really liked. Uh, he also did a comic called Diesel a while back that I really liked. Uh, Actually, I think technically it was called Tyson Hess's Diesel. It was. Sure. Filed under T if anybody's looking for it. Yeah. I, I wasn't uh, familiar with Moby back then, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but Sonic, I think, was the first comic book that... I ever read slash got into as a kid. I got like uh, at like Fred Meyer and like any like weird gas stations or any like it was it was a time when like grocery stores and stuff still sold comics for some reason. Like, and he says he's only thirty six. And well, and like, it's yeah. At some point, it was just like you know, the head of Excel Foods forgot to tell their overall publisher yeah. people that like we didn't need these anymore, so yeah. they just kept sending them shitty comics. And it was like, oh, more Reign of Superman in Superman in the two yeah. thousands. Like, like, who <laughs> yeah. is sending them new decade old comics? There was and there was like Avengers. Uh, they were fighting Kang or something. I got an Avengers uh, comic at Fred Meyer. Uh, so then how'd that all funnel into Sonic number one? Um, Archie, there was a whole bunch of rights disputes and suing and writers and Sega and Archie and blah, blah, blah. He said, she said, oh, he's my God, hog, just he's let your me hog. hang out with my hog and my echidna. And, uh, but he's, there's, so there was a big hiatus. This was like one of like the longest comic series that's been like, was coming out continuously. It was like, the third longest running 
currently published comic when it when it yeah. was canceled, which like, is wild. two years like, ago or whatever. Yeah. A Sonic the Hedgehog comic <clears throat> like coming out so steadily for like years and years and years. Yeah. The canon in the Archie comics got like buck wild, like, well, like hundreds com- of issues old. Yeah, and completely completely separate from like the video games at some point. Like it was just like it had this whole earth where like aliens did and like experimented on humans to turn them in like make them like evolve less and animals evolve into like anthropomorphic things and I didn't get any of that in this issue, which was a little disappointing because I love that weirdly rich, fascinating history that just evolved solely in the comic book. But they sent Spock back in time. Yes. Did you and had you been reading that? Like you were reading those? Okay, no, not really, no. But like I, it was I had like a bunch of the comics back when I was a kid and getting just any Sonic comics I could, and like I've I've JD was telling me about a lot of it today and like i've read on like the wiki and stuff and just just super super weird history for like a video game character and like i doubt any of that's gonna survive through to this even though it's the same writer but i would love to see it uh this was still this was still cool it's uh mainly just an action beat sonic beating up robots saving a city people thinking he's the coolest because he's just way past cool as he likes to say uh I think... Is that like being post-racial? I... He's being post-cool for damn sure. Yeah, that's... post-cool. That's all I know. Um, He does some really cool combo moves with Tails where, like, they're flying and spinning around and dashing and... It's great. All these robots have hammers and I really like the the SWAT bots from the uh, old Archie comics, but I don't know if those guys are ever going to see you come back. Do you hear the video game sound effects when you read this? Oh, for the record, I don't read Sonic comics. That was a gag. That was a bit. Oh, that was rolling with. Fuck. Get well, it? Rolling oh, with. Oh man! Yeah. God, like, it's good to be back. It's good I, to have everybody back except for Roman. We give you like a week off, and you just think up all these jokes and stuff. You really only had three try days to, off. Try to spite like me personally. I put them in my pocket, and then before the podcast, I take them out of my pocket and put them in my cheeks, and I let them out one or two at a time. I wasted them all on the con. Like I had like six boys I had to entertain. You yeah, know what? He, you know it. what? Worth it. L'Oreal. Um, because we're worth it, too. L'Oreal kids. Oh, Jesus. You have really You're beaten around the deep, bush deep. of your feelings on this issue. <clears throat> I'll give it a 7. Okay. I told him this morning I needed him to get this rating up to a 10. Yeah, it's uh, it's a 10. <laughs> Sonic gets a 10. Okay. Sonic the character, like... A plus. He Good clocked job. it he at six point five this morning, and I said, "I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need more out of that, buddy." <laughs> it's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep reading. There's a story in like, I'm, I'm, I'm not really reading this uh, for the creators. Like Ian Flynn is cool, and he did a whole bunch of wacky stuff that I don't think he's gonna do again. But I don't know how compelling he is as a writer. But I love. Uh, I love my favorite blue hedgehog, so... Is this a kid book, or is it uh, an adult that wants to be a kid book? I would say it's definitely a kid book. It's definitely more kids than some of the other stuff, uh, but also pretty... It's it's all ages enough. Oh, I forgot there's there's fan art in the letters page. I didn't read the letters page. I need to go back, you guys. It's going to get up to a 10 by the time he's done looking at those drawings. I told him I needed him to get that up No, because I remember in the old comics, like, I would see uh, they would put, like, fan art and stuff in the back, and then I would draw my own fan art, and I never sent any of it in, but, like... You were ready. 
That was like some of the first art I ever did. Who owns the letters to the editor to a comic like that? Does Archie own the old ones? Oh, my God. Do you think they save them all? This is really bad radio, guys. I give it a five. <laughs> um, oof. Oof. <laughs> right in the gut. I don't know. <clears throat> no, and I don't. Man, I don't nice. think. Actually, sorry. This week, I'm doing a five-point scale. I give this one a two. two That's a four. A two out of five? I'm giving it a two out of five. That's a four out of ten. I'm, a, I'm using a five-point scale to hopefully get me to be more concise with my ratings. I float around between like a 7 and an 8.5 a lot. Jeff, you're messing up the spreadsheets, though. I know, but I just think that they're going to crunch the numbers and get it right. Okay, so we're doing a 2 We're doing a we're two all on doing this. our own ratings is but what for, we're doing. For the wow. spreadsheets, it's going to be a, a 4. I, I upset people with that. I take it back. I'm <laughs> dealing with a lot of hate right now. Oh, How it's about, not hate. It's, it's, I it's, give it's it, love for our podcast and the systems we've built. and the. What if I... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this a couple, like a month or two ago, right? Yeah. I think we said no. I Didn't we all decide a no? Five. I give <laughs> on a scale of one out to of ten. <laughs> I give Sonic the Hedgehog number one two thumbs up. So listen, we gotta break Batman up a little bit because we can't just do a brick of Batman later in the day. So let's flip a what coin. We, which Batman are we gonna do first? We need a three-sided coin. A thirty-sided <laughs> dice, if you will. Deathstroke versus Batman. Deathstroke number thirty. The lie that changes everything by Christopher Priest. And Pagulian. Okay, so before we get into this, yeah, who do you think uh, won this issue, Deathstroke or Batman? That's a good point. I think with each issue of this series, we do need to talk about that. Deathstroke definitely we, won this issue. We can issue. tally it at the end. Deathstroke won this issue. Yeah. Definitely, right? Okay. Yeah. He was so cool. He's like, hey, I could you know kill you if I wanted, but I don't. I think that I think that they had to give us a Deathstroke wins the issue setup so that when Batman wins at the end. Yeah, like I know Batman's like gonna challenge. win, but I want to think Deathstroke's cool for a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, you know who didn't win this issue. Um, Christopher Priest? Yeah. Alfred? <laughs> this was rough, buddy. I don't know if I've ever read a Christopher Priest comic, and the last thing I read about him was... He did uh, the Inhumans miniseries. He did the Ray, I which I really loved. He's doing Justice League now, which I hear is good, but... This was this was hard to read. This was a mess. I couldn't... Sorry, Chris. Um, yeah, boy, he was going for is a this, voice. Like, do people reading Deathstroke, are they going to know what a lot of this is... He's been writing the main series okay. since it was going. I'll tell you when I cl- when I like when I start. I'll read a comic. It can be a pretty bad comic, but if nothing jumps out at me as a problem, it just kind of whatever. It goes in one eye and out the other, and it's fine. Oh. Two pages in here, so the first page is a, is an old flashback to Alfred talking to somebody who's maybe Deathstroke or Deathstroke's buddy or some bullshit. It's a flashback? I couldn't tell. That's a flashback because Alfred's hitting on this girl. And he's a young guy. Ten and years he's later. Young. Yeah, the next one's ten years later. And in the background or, or I guess in the foreground, they're talking about a game. I don't know if it's cricket oh or, or... Football? It's something. And then on the next page, there's a whole bunch more cricket and football stuff um, Whatever the fuck they're talking about. But then at some point, Alfred says, and now seem ready to lose the plot. Asterix, go crazy, Alex. So, like, there's all this sports jargon, garbage, British talk, and the only thing that they thought to translate was lose the plot, which seemed like, like, don't do that. 
let me stay lost. I had to. F I got to the end of that page, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? There was a time jump in these two pages. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I, I totally missed it. I didn't process. And it says right there, ten years later. And like, Oops. I got there, and I was like, I can't wait to read what Robin's saying on the next page. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look, a character I could. Guys, I let's work together right now to find something good in this issue. Okay. I liked it when it. Uh, Deathstroke and Batman started fighting. I liked when the. I guess that this I page could, of Deathstroke's son talking, I got at least, I felt like I was getting my footing there. And then this guy that was Deathstroke that wasn't Deathstroke, Batman grabbed him and Deathstroke. Okay, 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 okay. Bat Deathstroke jumping off the top of that very high building. That was cool, right? Yeah, yeah with his then, Iron Man suit telling him how long he has on his yeah, thrusters. He's definitely an Iron Man suit there. But still, I did have to Who? really focus on how high up he was. And I took a second while I was looking at that, and I was like, man, he's really high up there on that tiny little point. That must be scary, and he must not be scared of that because he's a badass. I uh, I couldn't wait to be done reading this. Yeah, I, me too. I, I really... I mean, I was... I like the idea that... It presents, but I think it was done pretty clunkily, and I there's there's just not a lot I can say that I liked about this. Anything. I, ca I can't think of anything I liked. Why did Deathstroke go all the way on top of that spire? The cover is good. The cover is pretty good, but we saw it on previews for a month. Yeah, I know. That was a good month of preview covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay, but. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the best thing I can say about yeah, this. Yeah. I'm reading the next one. Uh, me too, right? I want to know what's happening. I, I want to know what's going to happen. Stand on any more high things. I want to see his horse. I, I want to see if the the narrative gets any less fractured, and if we don't keep having this like these big black panels with a page title on them. I want to know why Batman is cool with just letting uh, a hitman walk free. Like, like he's got some, like, oh, I'll let you, I'll let you go because you kill. People from like it's because Batman knows he's second tomato. I guess when he's in the Deathstroke book, apparently I do like that. It's kind of a mystery of who has planted this idea. I would be astounded if they actually make it so that Damien is not Batman's yeah right like son. Got to yeah. be a son. But they've also been really working hard to set Deathstroke up as a viable. He's character. We sell. He doesn't do much a for lot me. But Deathstroke comics, though. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is from his uh, his Teen Titans stuff uh, from the cartoon when he was just Slade. Cause... It's a lot of like twenty something boys. Yeah, he's he's like the Punisher in the DC universe. Yeah. He's like um, like a bad guy Batman, which I guess people want, and but it's he kills people and he's in he's in that uh, he's in those movies. Is he? In the TV show, yeah. What movie? Suicide Squad? Yeah, he was in Suicide Squad. Wasn't was he in Suicide Squad? was that shot? Almost the same guy. He was in the end of, of uh, Justice, Justice League. League. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. How much did you smoke before that one, Braden? I, uh, I did well, I didn't have, I didn't smoke anything, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, that was your shroom night. He was chewing tobacco. He was chewing tobacco and on those I shrooms. Can't, I can't get shroom in this, in this glass dome. <laughs> See, here's my thing is I'm, mm, yeah, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it a 5.5, but if I was using a 5-point scale, I'd give it a 2. Sure. It's good to know. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't you give it a 3.75? Because the thing about the 5-point scale is I'm trying to eliminate my numbers. I want 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, so that way it forces me to be less wishy-washy. I'm doing 1 to 10, but I'm not giving any 7s. I like that. 
I'm just gonna give this one a, a solid Mambo number five. It's uh, I'm gonna read it. Um, I didn't enjoy reading a good chunk of the first half of this comic, though. I you hear it here. Uh, perfectly acceptable podcast says Death Story number thirty is perfectly acceptable comic book masochism. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reduce mine to a five too. Uh, I forgot how hard it was to read. Yeah, we're coming back for it. The lie that changes everything. It didn't change that much, I don't think. So let's talk about a book that was apparently hard to read. I want to talk about it was Xerxes. so hard to read, I didn't read it. You didn't read it at all? I read one page, one panel particularly. Which panel? The, what did it say? The, um, I've cut this guy in half and I could be a surgeon. I think that's what it said. Oh, he should, he, yeah. Okay. Jeff, you like this. What'd you like about those 38 pages? It's 30 pages, which is a big old fat issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know that I liked it. Um, I'm fascinated by Frank Miller in a similar way that I'm fascinated by John Romita Jr., but I like Frank Miller, I think, a bit more. Art-wise? Or just personality-wise? Art-wise, yeah. I mean, like, art-wise in that, it looks kind of shitty in a way, but he's got such a unique style that I respect that he's sticking with it. And, like... As I was reading this, he can do a lot with very little lines. Like yeah. He is, I, as I was reading this, I kept thinking to myself, like, he's a master of the art form. Like, he's very good at using this medium and quickly doing it. I don't think that any of this is probably special in the way that, like, Sin City was or, like, his Batman stuff. Um, I've never read 300. Hmm. I don't really like anything he's done. I don't like Dark Knight Returns. I think Year One is a very good Batman origin story. Hard boiled. Um, that has good Jeff Darrow art. Uh, Rusty and the Big Robot. No. Uh, Daredevil. No. That's all. That's everything he's done. Holy Terror. I did Oof. like a lot of Daredevil. Holy Terror was. B A double D. No, B A just one D. Double D is badass. Yeah, so I like checking him out. I like checking him <clears> out <throat> through the lens of what he's doing right now, since I don't really like any of his historical stuff. Um, and gosh, I liked this one statement at the end when the Persians beat up the whatever people they're fighting, and uh, it says thousands have died, hundreds of them ours, all for an idea. An idea, an experiment we call democracy. Could it be worth all this? It has to be worth it. It has to be. And I liked that statement. I thought that was a pretty interesting way of talking about the origins of the idea of democracy and how it's a living idea and it has never seemed like an objectively good idea in practice and I felt like there was some meta-narrative going on there. I, I don't know. I, uh, did I, I don't... I didn't like it. I didn't... I don't. I didn't like it, but I didn't mind reading at any point. I, it just—it's coming from a unique spot. So while it doesn't seem as high a quality as what he used to put out, in the same way that like I dig checking out what John Romita Jr. is doing because nobody really looks like him. Yeah. Even though I don't like it, I do really like unique voices, and he's got a unique voice, and he's just kind of gone off the rails, and I. I'm interested in him. I I should qualify and say I didn't like the writing. I did enjoy most of the art. Um, you... He's a great... He, I think he's a better graphic designer than he is an artist at this point. 
I agree. There's like, there's graphic design stuff in here. Yeah, and it's it's the art is colored better than it was in the Dark Knight. And he has a colorist on this book. I got very interested in yeah. what his oh. process was for this. Yeah, I didn't enjoy the writing. I felt like in order to appreciate the narration, and it's all it's it's all pretty much yellow box narration, other than people's dying sounds. Um, hook, hook, gag, gark, black, gook. They're all G words. Um, Almost. I think in in order to really appreciate it, you would have to know a lot more about this time period and this part of the world than I do. Um, it it felt like it was assuming that I had done the same research Frank Miller had to do to to write this, uh, and I I'm never a huge fan of. That what, it's one not, of my problems. Do you not with... understand history, Django? Like, no, just not this part. He's got a unique voice, and it turned some heads back in the day. And yeah. I think people are used to it now. But I never have really engaged with his stuff much. And I... so, just noticing some of the stuff that he does, I don't like. I'd give this a seven point five. I'm not doing seven, so I'm going to give this an eight. Oh, well, uh, and I'm going to keep reading it. Boy, howdy! We sure did switch. However, we thought that was going to go. I I. I think it's got a lot of problems uh, readability-wise, but I think it's beautiful, and I uh, uh, I want to read the rest. I kind uh, of got back into comics with Frank Miller's Batman stuff pretty hard, and I, I loved that when I was reading it. Um, I think he's kind of a jerk now, and I don't really care about his stuff that much, but uh, I gave this comic a nine because the dude got cut in half. There you go. I do love when Dr- Braden can draw a line in the sand that could also cut people in half. It would all. It would have been a ten if he liked Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. Guys, where are we eight, headed? We're at a five-way intersection. I mean, right here. we're at Lakeway and Holly. We could ride this ultraviolet train into the Punisher. Uh, That's could, I think the good one. All right. Yeah. Um, Django, what did you love about uh, Punisher? Give two, us a two, nice three. docking. What did I love about it. the Punisher? I, saw, I would. You, I saw you flip through it, so I know you know exactly what happened. We could also just insert the conversation we had before the podcast into this moment. Yes, we'll see which is better. I'm not reading it. I don't love uh, Iron Man Punisher. Why not? Because if I wanted Iron Man, I'd read Iron Man. If I want Punisher, I'm going to read a Punisher. He's comic. still Punisher. Like he's not. Flying around, saving people, shooting like, oh, these people all have guns. I'll tranquilize them and save the hostages. He's just, he's Frank. He's killing people. He's just got bigger guns. I've got a similar feeling to Django, but it's different, which is that if I'm going to read a Punisher comic, it fucking better be written by Garth Ennis. Like, oh, gosh. I'm not, I don't really want to read a Punisher comic unless it's, th- like, this is a very different character than the other one. It was not easy for me to start enjoying Punisher comic books. I need to read something by Garth that's gonna be gonna get me into him. I don't know. I haven't I haven't read anything by Garth that's grabbed me yet. I <laughs> liked the first couple issues of this more when he was like get, buying a farm, learning how to plant. Yeah. You know, hunting, where, adopting where, kids. Where does farm go? Yeah. I want the simmering anger of a Punisher, and this is the shooting anger out of his stupid. Tony Stark There's cannons. There's a bit where he's not in his armor in this one, and he's just drawn exactly like John Bernthal. Yeah, okay. And I was like, this doesn't look or feel like the guy from Vietnam at all. Yeah, it's pretty Bernthal. Um, his eyes, uh, I don't see any blue in him. 
No, he, <laughs> he doesn't. He does not seem like the guy that would have gotten his platoon home safe in this. Like that, he doesn't seem like the that guy to me. Brayden, did you not like the Punisher platoon? Um, I, I for real, I wasn't reading most of it. I was just looking at the pictures mostly. Okay. Okay. So I I can't say one more either. You can lead a horse to Garth Ennis, but you can't make him read. I read the first issue, and like maybe the second one. This is the I didn't care about these old people talking in a bar. I just wanted to see them. Uh, blue in eyes. The mud. Yeah. Just wanted to see him in the mud. The blue eyes and the brown mud. Mmm. The sandwich. What um, do you give it, Braden? I give this issue a <laughs> like. Yeah, I give it a ten. I don't. I didn't dislike anything about it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck you both. It was Punisher. I uh Sorry, Garth. Still I, not gonna read it. <laughs> I give this one a, a six point five. I uh yeah. For you can give it lower. Reasons. You don't have to No no no, I don't out of five? Okay. <laughs> uh I would give it a three out of five and a six point five out of ten. Okay, okay. Um I think my ten point scale of scores are just a little bit higher because I start to feel guilty about shit. <laughs> No, I just, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like, sure, he's got some armor now, but, like, he's still Frank and he's still doing his thing. And he looks a little, his nose got a little bigger, you know, his his eyes aren't as blue. Is he still Frank or is this a different Frank? Because this feels like, from the limited Punisher knowledge I have, this is, like, a different Frank. All right, that's that's hashtag not your Frank and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Frank has been Frank Castle. Frank and Castle. Frank and Castle. He's been Black. He's been Iron Man. He's been John Barenthal. He's been in Nam, and he's been in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean that's an old guy. Let's let's not uh, let's not nail this guy down and put him in a box and no, tie he'll him up kill and... you if you try to do that. Well, yeah. I'm just curious, like you know, you know, the idea of he's still Frank, but also like it's totally cool liking this Frank as a different one as a as a different Frank. I'm just curious. I mean, across... That statement was more about like, do you like historically the Punisher, and do you feel like this is in, in line with that, or is this the one that you're liking, and this is a different Punisher, in which case, totally awesome as well. The aspect of Frank that I see resonating in this, that I think resonates in all the other Franks too, is that he is getting shit done. And he's protecting kids. That seems to be a three. And line. the kids gotta protect those kids. Is it because they remind him of his kids? He doesn't have kids anymore. I know they're dead. They're at his farm. Someone's got to keep it. the crops. <laughs> this has got too real. He's got slaves. Maybe if, whoa, child slaves. I think whoa, Russian child slaves. Petrov. You're off the podcast, buddy. <laughs> you uh, are out of line. I think I think Frank needs to just play some Stardew Valley. I think that would cool him out they a little help. bit. Me, as far as I know. Okay, well, here's a here's a corner that we could go into that's a little chill from that non hyper oh, yeah. violent. Let's, let's chill out in a corner. Isola. Isola. <laughs> By Brendan Fletcher, Carl Kershaw, and Misasik. Say that again. Misasik. Say it slower. Misasik. I. Misasik. Uh, I so love. I so love. <laughs> Nine out of ten. All right. So this comic, either Isola or Isola, or Isola. I mean, we're gonna have to get or I S O L A. We're gonna get have to get the Fletch Meister to pronounce his comic book name on this podcast. All right, you call him. I'll put it on. Oh, don't let me forget. We have a voicemail. Okay. Um, this follows a soldier woman. Who has a tiger? Not confirmed. Yeah. 
I didn't hear. I, I thought there was a point where we found out it was a woman. Uh, well, they, they call her a witch at some point, which yeah. I guess is gendered. the tiger. No, no, the, the, the that's soldier. Oak. And she's she's got kind of girl hair at she one looked, point when she, she takes her helmet off. And they referred to her as a her. They looked they very androgynous when I was reading it, and I was hoping maybe it wasn't going to be one way or the other. But. In the press releases and them talking about the book, they referred to her. Okay. Oh, so okay. she's wandering through this uh, Dungeons & Dragons land with a tiger, and the tiger just happens to be the reincarnated queen or the transformed, the transformed transmogrified queen Polymorph. of somewhere. Uh, they run across a big old dead bird god, and uh, the tiger eats some of that bird god. And then that night, they meet up with uh, this Yoda dude who disappears in their moment of need. And uh, then the book just ends really suddenly, and I turn the page to read more, but it was just a tease for the next issue. Yeah, which is kind of like more. And like... Kind of, but I also like stop my TV before it tells me what's happening on the next Arrested Development, so... Mm-hmm. It's a surprise every time. I'm, I'm kidding. Not on Arrested Development. On other stuff. <laughs> Man, how long did it take you to realize that that wasn't a preview? Did you get it right off the bat? <clears throat> no, because I was watching it when it was first coming out right? live on TV. I was watching it on yeah. DVD, and I was just like, well, I, I started watching Arrested Development when season two came out on DVD, and I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to watch the next episode, so I'm not going to watch this next time on. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Frozen Banana is very funny. It's a great show. Um, <laughs> this tiger is, like, black with turquoise stripes yeah and like that's pretty cool it's like that dress it is what cat dress? dress the white and yellow Segwaying one into batman number 44 <laughs> <laughs> um i i really like this i thought the the colors were really really well done the yeah. art was good uh i'm not generally a brendan fletcher what, what do they call them B. Fletch. Murder, murder Crush guy. Flebbies. Fletchers. Yeah. I'm not usually a Fletcher. A Flebby. You don't like arrows? I thought that was a Felcher. No, that's a Fletcher. Oh. What's a Felcher? That's a fart thing. You're thinking of a Filcher. <laughs> a thiefer. Um, I, yeah, I like this. I'm going to give it an eight. Not given sevens. I give it given an eight. it an eight. I give it an eight. Um, it was very, I read the PDF of this beforehand. Uh, that they sent us ahead of time, and I liked it. But then I read the actual issue, and I liked it more. And it, reading the issue, I got more of the Miyazaki vibes that they were kind of hyping in some of their uh, press for this thing about that. Like it, it felt like something that could be like a Disney movie or like a, a high, like Studio Ghibli, like high quality animated film. Like, and I hope it turns into that because. You guys think about the uh, fake words for sound effects. I didn't like the fake words he created because it's like they just finished mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. Lion King mm-hmm. and Battlestar Galactica. Like, but those those are the words frack, that she's saying, right? Freck. To say freck instead of frack is pretty on the nose. Well, or I don't like frack. I like freck a lot more than frack. Yeah, only because we've heard frack a billion times. It's like if you're going to make up a new F-word replacement, right. how about make it one letter different than the I other big one? I have heard it a billion times. I mean, I only watched a, a little bit of BSG. It's like... I, I prefer would, Fooge. I what like Fooge more, too. What? The gimbal. They, they've ruined the gimbal. Is the gimbal messed up? Do we need to fix that thing? But look at look at the sound effects there. They're, yeah. They're not even real letters, maybe. I, it might I, be... Th- I spent a, a lot of time trying to guess... What they were, and I think that was a problem. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I knew I knew what it sounded like. 
Kind of. By the time I got to what was making the sound, I knew I th- what it sounded like. Yeah, and I think they just barely overdid the freck. When the freck first happened, I was like, I like this. And then she said it, it louder. I'm like, yeah. and another were. And, and then they started frecking more, and I was like, okay, that's a little much. I just feel like if you're going to write in vernacular, make it more than just two words. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was one other, like, like uh, oh, we got screen. Uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're sifted. Sifted. Yeah. It's like that. It's, I, I did really like the art. Um, and I really like the lighting, particularly in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was amazing. Fantasy is not really my bag, and I also just think that this would have been really, really awesome as a silent comic. I think that they were almost mm. there, and I think that the amount of storytelling that was going on with like the tiger's face was very, very impressive to me. I just think they probably could have done it all without text. Not that that's everybody else's comic book, but so you you hate Brendan Fletcher? I don't like fantasy very much. Okay, I it's it's real hard for me to get into a fantasy book, and this one really felt like Princess Mononoke mixed with Lion King. Mm. Um, I watched that. I don't really like Miyazaki movies very much, and I know that is a very unpopular opinion. But there's none of them that I particularly like. I really like the second half of Spirited Away. It presses Mononoke because I was a kid when I watched it. But that's a it's a hefty statement there. I know. How can soldiers serve her? Hmm? Yeah, that I was. I'm gone now. Now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, that guy was a real fucking Yoda. It took me about two pages to start hearing the Yoda voice with it. Well, I really like when they like spotted him through the glass. Like I didn't even see him in the panel in the back, and then he shows up. You're like, oh, it was kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. It, they did a lot of really nice visual storytelling. Like, yeah, very advanced and. Uh, and the characters were beautiful, and the, like the art and lighting was beautiful, and the atmospheres were beautiful. All that said, I don't know if I care to read the next one. I just don't care I, about fantasy. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this issue. If I knew it was going to be five issues, I would yeah. probably buy them all and maybe read the first two before I gave up. Somebody told me today that this is High Miyazaki, and it's the new saga. And I was like, that is an insanely positive statement, and I am absolutely not going to refute it. I thought it was very good. I don't think it's the next saga. I don't think there's going to be a new saga until saga's over. I I hope this takes off. I think this this book deserves to be read and enjoyed by people. It's not for me. Still give it an 8. I I I feel exactly the same. I give it an 8. I think that it's a very enjoyable book. I really think that if you have a penchant for fantasy you'd really dig it i just don't and never have my favorite panel was uh where rook just says freck after they've fallen in this water and you just see the the tiger poking poking their head out yeah just, well the tiger's face was great yeah right it was very wait, good wait what was your score uh eight okay. eight as well eight um um, you guys want to talk about books with very small amounts of time per person? We uh, didn't do one last week. Wait, wait. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Are you? Bucket are boys. we loading up the the buck? Our Winter Soldier minute. Wait. Okay. You guys hear that? No. What's? What's? I'm hungry. It's oh. my stomach growling. Oh, I thought he was oh. gonna make up with far off buckshot sound. Yeah. I was um, Django. Do you want to go first? Sure. I love when you go first. You really get it going. How many books do you think I can do? Eight. Max. You've got a spread of them. I'm going to let you go until you stop. You've got an amount. I'm going to start that time now. Walking Dead, number 178, Mm. featuring the princess on the cover. Uh, This has us hanging out. This picks up right from where the last issue left off. Like (laughs) seconds after the last issue. That's a good usage of six seconds. It's uh, 
yeah, everybody in this town that they found seems pretty nice. And uh, Sophia's mad at Maggie because Maggie's making out with Dante. And Sophia, in true Kirkman form, just kind of lays out every feeling she's ever had in her entire life over the course of two pages of word bubbles that that read fast. Weird. And Maggie responds with (laughs) all of the feelings she's ever had since she met Sophia. Uh, It's Kirkman classic pages right there. Uh, Oh, Oh. and then Michonne and her daughter do exactly the same goddamn thing where they just talk about their feelings for a while. Um, And then Carl hangs out with... Does Michonne get a hug? Yeah, Michonne gets a hug from her daughter. Uh, Carl hangs out with Sophia. They talk about their feelings and... And then eventually there's a little bit of action when the, the guards or the, the dude, the son of if you had the new governor. Left, what would you tell me about the uh, Dude, the princess puts her goggles down and kicks some ass and not is all as it seems in this town. God damn it. Django, well do times. you hate human emotion? No, I just think Kirkman has a really specific way in all of his books of not really – showing you what people are feeling through their actions, but having people like sit down and say, well, it really hurt my feelings when you did that thing and you told me this other thing. And the reason it hurt my feelings is because when I was a kid, this happened. And then the other person says, oh, well, I did that because of this. And it's like, cool, that's a very adult way to handle this. All of these characters in the post-apocalyptic world of Walking Dead would not handle their problems and their communication like that. That's an astute Kirkman observation that I haven't thought of, but I totally agree. Like, Invincible, Walking Dead, like... It's not bad. It's just like a Kevin Smith movie where there's very specific dialogue. And I like like Invincible a lot, but yeah, precisely that, like, no one's actually... Like, no one speaks with their actions. Everyone just speaks. And then the action is, I'm gonna put my goggles down and cut you. Maybe, um... Before the apocalypse, you know, they didn't speak. And I think that's a, a lot of people don't uh, talk about their emotions or convey w- what they're really thinking to people. So well, maybe the apocalypse has brought those emotions out and made people talk about I think about we're them. talking about Invincible, Oblivion Song, Outcast, and Walking Dead a little bit with... Everything with I've stuff. read of his is yeah. like that. Like, if it was just Walking Dead and that's just kind of a change that happened to people, cool. But it's it's everything. There's a lot of sitting down on couches and talking, even in space, uh, in Invincible. I, I like it. I, I don't. It's it's not really a problem. It's just uh, obviously Kirkman when you I, read it. Yeah, I've never read a single Walking Dead issue, but that sounds like a cool cool comic to me. People sitting down talking about their problems. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> I I like. I mean, yeah, I, Jenga likes Kirkman. It's a jumping on point. One seventy eight. Yeah. Um, can I get a score and then just pull it? I just want to get in there a little bit. All right. Uh, I'm gonna give it a score of. Uh, oh God, I'm not doing sevens. You can't. I'm gonna give it an eight. I want to get in the cut a little bit. Jango, you weren't here last week, and I've been pretty anxious to hear an extra minute on Doomsday Clock from you. Oh. Oh, yeah. He... Shit, I wish we had it up here. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that it... So it gave us the Rorschach, the new Rorschach uh, origin. Uh, it turns out that he's the son of the psychologist from Watchmen, uh, which I think is a, an interesting way to go and, and kind of an obvious way to go that I just didn't even consider before. Um, it it had some nice echoes of Watchmen. It, I mean, they're telling a really slow story here, 
And Watchmen was a slow story too. Watchmen was a slow story. Well, Watchmen was a dense story with a lot going on, and I'm not sure that that's what this is. This feels like somebody who's bombastic being forced to slow down and smell the can you bloody break roses. the yolk for me? Drop, give me something in there that I didn't know, or I, I like. What? I just feel like even I said it last week on the podcast. Like I, I, I feel like if we were going page by page, you would show me some cool stuff. Not just in how it was a direct homage to the Watchmen, Watchmen, but I think there's a lot of like story connections there that I'm just not picking up. Yeah, and I think that if I had the, if I had the book in front of me, there were a couple things that while I was reading, I was like, oh, I'll bet, I'll bet Jeff didn't catch this yeah. and this. And I kept thinking, um, I bet Django knows more about this. Can I get a one to five on it from you? Oh fuck! Uh, uh, I'm gonna give that issue an eight. <laughs> so I mean a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't think I liked it as much as I've liked the previous issues, but I I really in, enjoyed and appreciated it. It's also it's also issue four, which I think is the the Rorschach origin in Watchmen, mm. right? That's when he's been captured, and we're learning about his prostitute mom and and like was, his childhood. Yeah, I was curious about that. I was wondering how parallel that was to the original Watchmen because I felt like I'd gotten to know original Rorschach more before I got to his origin than this current Rorschach, which I didn't feel as comfortable getting to know. I think I if spend much time with him. if you took Alan Moore, Alan Alan Moore, when he was writing Watchmen, and then like took. Took like some sort of hole cutter. What's what's the the drill bit that that's big and lets you cut holes in desks to put wires through? You know what I'm talking about? No. You take like a couple of hams and you cut some holes in the hams, uh-huh. and then put those hams over Alan Moore's hands. You would have a Jeff Johns costume <laughs> for the purposes of Doomsday Clock versus Watchmen. I like that. It's but you like, also probably have some. Better action beats, or I think there's some things that Jeff Johns does better than Alan Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, I, and that's that's not. I, I'm not even thinking that that's an insult. Ham-fisted? Really on purpose. It, like a ham-fisted Alan Moore is still a better writer yeah. than most people, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what I get from this. Is he's he's telling a similar story. He's just a little clumsier with it and a little less subtle. And uh, I'm eating it up. Cool. Um, <laughs> all right. That rhymes. I, I am uh, going to do a book. Oh, yeah. We're still buckshotting. Uh, book talk box. Oh, a book talk box? Go. I checked in with Astonishing X-Men number 10 by Charles Soule because the art was by Aiko, who we had read oh. about in Nick Fury, and then he did that Milk War issue. And I'm fascinated by his art. Uh, I don't necessarily love this book very much, but I'm very interested to watch this artist grow. I don't love him but i feel like i should really really like it and what i realized is because it's like pop art or infographics which i really like but there's not a lot of fluidity to storytelling it's like having a bunch of informations on the page at a time and you have to sort of collect them but it doesn't really lead you in any certain way um black bolt number 12 this is done salad and Ahmed christian ward this miniseries was very very good crusher cruel came back and you know they take on all the bad guys and we get a wonderful ending page of black bolt hugging medusa it's absolutely gorgeous um, Amazing Spider-Man 798. We got to see the Red Goblin in this. I really, really like this book. I don't love Dan Slott, but I do think he comes up with really nice plot 
things. I just don't ever really like his dialogue or how those stick together. But um, about two thirds of this, I'm really, really digging. And then one third, I kind of see him. But I love the Green Goblin, love Carnage. And then finally, uh, Marvel 2 and 1, The Thing and Human Port Torch, number five by Chip Zdarsky and Valerio Shitty. I think that this book has gotten <laughs> better. Um, I really, really like it. It is not Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, but it is way closer to that than I thought that Chip Zdarsky was going to get. And the art has been very good as a fill-in for Jim Chung. I'm disappointed that uh, three of the five issues have not been the original artist. I think that's embarrassing, Marvel. But very good. I started reading the issue, and I, I realized I hadn't read the... The third one, mm -hmm. somehow. <clears throat> third was... Uh, or the fourth one. Fourth one, yeah. Fourth yeah. was very good. And I was like, I read like the first page of that. I was like, wow, this was really good. I, How did I not read the last one? Yeah. Doom Galactus like, ate all of everything except yeah. for Earth. It's like, damn, yeah. Doom. Like, Galactus was devourer for like forever. And like, he didn't eat the whole universe. Like, slow it down, buddy. Everything yeah. in moderation. That's Galactus's... Uh Mo. Um, I would give uh, the the astonishing X Men number ten um, a seven. I really find this guy's art fascinating, and I want to follow it and support it. I love the pages of his that you don't have to read in order. It's just like you walk into a casino, and here's forty tiny little bubbles of what's going it on. Feels I exactly really like that. Like that, or like a shotgun blast versus yeah. like it's just like bam, here's a bunch of shit, and it's always. It's kind of exhausting, and it's all really interesting, but it's just a lot of information that it doesn't really inform you as to how to put it into your head in a narrative. Yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 798, uh, 8.5, and Marvel 2-in-1, uh, number 5, uh, 9, and Black Bolt number 12, an 8.5, and I give that whole series an 8.5. Can we go back and do those all on a 5-point scale? Let me get that out. Uh, Hang on. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 798 is the first full appearance of what Carnage is it? Carnage Goblin. Car I feel like Red, the Red, Goblin? Red Goblin. Red Goblin. I feel like the, the I don't <coughs> like that name, and I feel like the character design could have been a lot better. Carnage Osborn. It's like the Hobgoblin, right? That's what they're going for. There's uh, a well, there's a well, Hobgoblin <laughs> was based on Hobgoblin's Carnage Goblin. The whole thing. There's a point where yeah, I know I'm joking. Uh, he just can't get away from the goblins. I don't know why a spider's natural enemy is a goddamn golem. <laughs> Goblin. They're both Halloweeny. I love, I love the Green Goblin's character design. Top three favorite villains of all time. So there's a point here when Spidey sees Red Goblin for the first time, and he says, "Don't just stand there. Say something. Do something." And he says, "Pound sign, dollar sign, percent sign, ampersand me." I is really there, like that. Fuck is me. there a kid in the world that doesn't know that means fuck? And if not. Why not print it? There's no ambiguity to like that phrase at all. Yeah. Um, wow. I really, Shit me. I really liked that. I I, I don't love Dan Slott, but I thought that was a good moment because it was like Spider-Man quippy quippy quippy. He thinking quippy, but fuck me. Like I that I. It's because Carnage Green Goblin is scary. I don't like that. No, the it's ugly. Design. Yeah, it's it looks yeah, dumb. I don't think it's great. I think it's dumb. I think Green Goblin is an amazing design, and Carnage is incredibly cool, and this is not a very good combination. I put Carnage above Green Goblin for my favorite character design. I mean, Venom number one, but yeah, for you, at least. So, Do you uh, not like Brayden. Green Goblin's character design very much? It's is fine. It's Halloween-y? It's fine. It's purple. It's it's a little goofy. I just I really like Carnage. Really? The way Carnage looks. I like you were a Venom guy. All jokes aside... I like Venom. 
I don't love Venom as much as you assholes. Can you say pretend. that again? Like, I like Venom. Okay, wow. I like Venom. Yeah, we know. Is That's it, a soundbite right is there. It like, I like Venom. <laughs> the chicken goes yelling. I like Venom. Is it even a joke anymore? I don't know. But I think Carnage. I've always thought Carnage looked way cooler than Venom. I like Venom. 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 Okay? Wow. I like Venom. 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 Wow. like Venom. I like Venom. Oh, God. Uh, Brayden. You got a bit of a minute and a half to get through, How my, much, my good buddy. Um, uh, go. You get all of it. New Mutants, Dead Souls. I uh, liked the first one more. I kind of was bored for most of this issue until the very end where uh, uh, Magic teleported Boom Boom inside of a Frost Giant and it had her explode it from the inside. <laughs> And uh, Warlock showed up, and it was a very cool splash page from some art that I was not impressed with before. But, ooh, Warlock, so cool looking. Um, I also read Runaways number eight. Um, I think number seven has the gang all back together, and they are just, the, the fucking Runaways are back, and I, I love it. And I think this, this arc has been really well, and Molly's dealing with issues, and it's great. Molly has issues. Yeah, she does. Not not your kind of issues, <laughs> jerk. Uh, all new Wolverine thirty three is the start of the old man Laura arc or old woman Laura's, excuse me. Um, and it was very good, and I liked it, and it's fun. But the very end, they had a like, they teased a reveal at the very end, and then didn't reveal it, and I thought that was very lame and bad. Uh, Rugrats Rs Reptar also came out this week, and it was amazing. And Reptar's the best and is that a 50 page comic it's a 150 page comic <laughs> all about reptar from different artists for each character telling the story different stories of reptar and uh britney williams is in it and she was on uh goldie vance and patsy walker hellcat and she's only done a couple comic arts since then brayden if we were only allowed to read eight comic books each, your eight comic books would be very, very different than my eight comic books. Mm-hmm. I love that about you. Are you saying you wouldn't read Reptar? No, that's not what I'm saying. I love Reptar. He's a giant green dino. You remember those chocolate bars filled with green goo? Yeah, no. Well, in the show. Oh, in the show? They chocolate Runaways, number eight. Nine out of ten. New Mutants, Dead Souls, six out of ten. All New Wolverine, 33, seven out of ten. Uh, Reptar, 10 out of 10. I think if we were only allowed to read our top books, our, our sevens and above books every I week, a lot of those, unfortunately. I think mine would be very different than yours, Brayden. I feel like I've felt that way before. It's okay. I don't have to do the podcast. So, I like oh, wow. I like you doing the podcast. Wow, Braden, that's not where we're going. Where we're going <laughs> is Batman White Knight number seven. Oh, we're the do whitest it night. Give me a, give me an issue. I want to read this real quick while you guys talk about it. <laughs> Django, um, they did a very cool thing in this, and that very cool thing that I liked was Batman stubbornly standing in this room. I guess I'll let you use seven of my Batmobiles. And then they use seven Batmobiles. <laughs> all like every great artist draws an awesome Batmobile scene or Bat Cave scene with all of the different Batmobiles. Sean Gordon Murphy is like, "Fuck it, let's all drive them." And there is a great page of them driving like Batman '66 Batmobile with like fucking Christopher Bruce Nolan, whatever that guy's name is. I yeah, I'm pretty sure that. Um Sean Murphy said, I want to draw in a comic all of the Batmobiles and Harley Quinn's boobs. And they let him do it because he can. There he is. 
There is some great pages of, you know, you got like Christopher Nolan's Batmobile, you got the animated series Batmobile, you got the Tim Burton Batmobile, 66. 66. It's great stuff. Um, <clears throat> I felt like I was watching Ready Player One. It was a little bit like that. It was like very... Uh, Ready Player series. Batman. Yeah. So this is getting us closer to the whole issue of is the Joker, is this all a plan? Is this real? What's going on? So the end of the last issue ended with his meds wearing off and him turning into the Joker from Jack Napier in front of everybody. And the beginning of this issue is him getting his shit together and going back to being Jack Napier, which, because this is not set in the main canon, I'll allow mm-hmm. that the Joker can be a mystical thing that actually changes his face and his skin color and his eye color and his that was the tough broken part. smile. I don't like that. It's okay in this context to me. I would have accepted even in the main continuity, just like just changing eye colors or something. But if yeah. you, all of your skin changes to white pretty quickly, that's tricky. It's it it turns more mystical or superpowery, which I wouldn't like in real life. Real life being the things that count. But in this Elseworlds, I'll take it. I as I was reading this, I was like, man, this is. I like this, like, I feel like people talk about liking Dark Knight Returns. And I don't feel like this is reinventing hmm. the genre of Batman or comics at the time, like Dark Knight Returns did. But I feel like this is absolutely going to live as a collection for a very long time. And it will never get tired. Uh, well, it's, to taking, sell. it's taking all these things that we love and know inside and out and just messing with them enough that things and people and characters and settings feel like they're actually in danger. Yeah, they're doing it well. Yeah. It's they can kill Batman at the end of this and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, they absolutely could and it almost feels like maybe they will. Um and the art is amazing. Like just city shots, like more detailed city mm-hmm. shots than you get in the nicest, you know, the first or second issue of big artist books until they before they Start slowing down. So this and that other Batman book that's coming out, Sins of the Father, mm-hmm. both kind of focus on how shitty Batman's parents are. I'm not a fan of that idea. I I like his dad just being kind of a pretty good guy and his mom I, I being like really kind like of like a that. pretty good lady. And, yeah. Um, I think it's okay to mess with it in this context, um, but just note for uh, all the writers out there that listen to our comic... Not my favorite. Yeah, keep them, keep them good, folks. I think this is going to be uh, a real, real good thing. I, I really, really liked it. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I, I give this one a, a nine. What do you got, Braden? Oh yeah, sorry, Braden. It's your hand up over there. Oh yes. Um, Hi, I'm Joker, Braden. Joker says he wanted to know Batman's true identity in this. Is that true? So, because okay, so that is that scene is. Batman's got the Joker in the Batmobile, and he's asking him what happened to Jason. Mm-hmm. And in the regular continuity, the Joker, I think, had a had a razor blade. Probably. And no, I think he had a razor blade first. He had oh. Jason all tied up, and he messed with him with a razor blade, and then beat him up with a crowbar, and then blew him up, and he died. Right. And then in this right. world, he threatens him with the razor blade, and um. Jason tells him, I wish I'd never met Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And then Jason disappears. Oh. And so in, instead of Batman finding Jason's body because people called in and said, yeah, kill Robin, Batman has to assume that he's dead. Okay. Or it's it's like a big question mark for him. And it turns out it's a big <clears throat> question mark. And I that's, love that setup. That's yeah. great. I don't care about Jason, though. 
Joker wanted to know Bruce Batman's true identity? Mm, no, two pages later he says, I already knew it. Okay, he was cool. just trying to break Jason. Okay, like, good, good. And he says, like, I've been after Batman this whole time. I don't really care about I've you, never Bruce. liked a Joker who wanted to know his true identity. I no. That's, no, I he, think... He's never cared about that. I think a Joker origin is a mistake. I think the Joker caring who Batman is is a mistake. Me too. Um, but... That's not what this is, and it's really fucking well done. It's and I'm very, gonna give it a yeah. nine. Yeah, it it really it's a it sticks the knife in and then twists it. Yeah, Oof, just like Joker would do. So a different Batman story. Yeah, a, a happier Batman na, story. Na 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 na. That's a graduation theme right there. Yeah. Na 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 no, na. It's a wedding. Every every week Batman. until issue fifty, we're gonna get Django's rendition of the. <laughs> Are they getting Lots. married in fifty? Is that the is that where we're, oh, we're taking yeah. our time? They're getting married in in number fifty, which happens to be the fourth of July and the nine thousandth issue of Captain America. Six, also a Wednesday. Six hundred. Can we? Who talk? the fuck gets married on a Wednesday? It's New Comic Book Day. Yeah, Batman, Catwoman, Spider Man. I have to like know what any you guys thought of this picture or this <laughs> issue because apparently the internet didn't care about it that much. Well, I didn't yeah, care about it that much. I don't think the yeah. internet knows what's good for him. Brayden, uh, I need scores right now. I liked it a lot. Uh, 8.5. Um, Six. Okay. I think I liked it more because I went into it knowing people on the internet were complaining about it. So <laughs> I didn't know that. That'll always hype me up more for a book. Uh, 9.5 for me. Well, do we want to talk right. to the guys who liked it or the guys that didn't first? Yeah, what did you uh, – did you not like it because, quote-unquote, nothing happened in it? Because that's what I've been hearing people say. Yeah, it, it felt like fluff. It felt like, oh, we got to wait till issue 50 before they can get married. Also, we didn't see Batman's goddamn outfit. I feel like this who cares about his outfit? He's got a cover for his outfit, and we don't get to see it. This it wasn't anything – Way less fluff than the last three <laughs> issues of Batman, which there was no reason for them to have existed in this storyline other than to give us a break from this storyline. Yeah, but then we go back to the romantic storyline, but with nothing compelling at all. She gets her dress. That is a huge deal for women. In wedding half ceremonies. of it, she gets her dress. In the other half, we see flashbacks similar to every flashback that we've seen through this whole series yeah, when they've all, been talking. They're all different outfits, they're all from different yeah. eras, and it's cute. I liked that, it. You say cute, I say masturbatory. Wow, yeah. I do not feel masturbatory. I feel I loved it. I, I to me, it's like very uh, just relishing in the relationship, which is this is like that Super Friends arc for me. It's it's just like yeah, Batman. We get those issues, and then let's have issues where like let's try and convince people that it makes sense that Batman could possibly love this person. Like love that's, anyone, jeez. Yeah, love anybody, <laughs> but then also this story, which is like. To anybody who's like, Catwoman, she was a bad guy. This is a perfect issue to be like, she's a bad guy, but also they've always had moments like this, and it captures the the spectrum of those. That annual was that issue for me. That was a very good like, issue. Like, that annual yeah. did everything this issue did, but a thousand times better. Do you, Do you think- like when she got her dress in that issue? Uh, that was kind of boring and, and seemed like... I don't know. She's her own person, right? So cool. She can go fucking rob... A dress store, and Alfred's gonna keep that secret. Apparently, I love that she doesn't need mm. to. Like, she's married to like she's getting married to the man who has infinite money. I like the silent characterization that happened in this issue. Just like the her kind of almost asleep on the floor because she knows she has time still. Yeah. Oh man. 
I really like that. I think that they're doing awesome characterization work. I also think that, like, I don't think that they're going to get married. And I think that this is the necessary stuff that goes into making whatever's horrible going to happen <sighs> be horrible. I mean... Batman can't get married, right? And then a bunch of people that came in today thought that this issue was the wedding issue. Yeah, because they're in their wedding outfits. Well, oh, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry, I mean, like, Shane I never thought that it was going to be the wedding issue, probably because we knew a month ago that it was going to happen on the 4th. And it's bad luck for us to see them in their wedding outfits. I knew this was going to be the issue where Catwoman got her wedding dress. That's what I knew, too. They solicited that months ago as what the issue was about. <laughs> that was my expectation. And yeah. Met it and so I think that a lot of the disappointment is that People don't know, but I also think that <clears throat> that's kind of their fault. Like, yeah, sure, it feels like nothing happened if you thought the wedding was going to happen. Here's the deal. If the next issue is the opposite. What, Batman, Batman getting a tux? Yeah. <laughs> if, I would love that issue. If it's, Batman if it's, can't steal a tux. Okay, but if Batman is going to the dude that makes his bat suit and he's saying, hey, Having a wedding. Some people know I'm Bruce Wayne. I need a tux that's going to look good and be tactical in a pinch. And the facing pages are Catwoman dealing with her perspective on their history. Like, I would, I would love that issue. I would, lo I would like this issue a lot more if that's the next issue. I don't uh. think it's going to be, but like this, the, the whole Batman Catwoman thing has been all about symmetry so far. And this issue broke that symmetry. And this issue has her kind of cheating on Bruce with crime. Whoa. I did not interpret it that way. I, In fact, I felt, I felt, I mean, and I, I, vow, I, I don't think that that's an invalid response. I totally viewed it as her trying to maintain some relationship with her past life that she's giving up for this man. Well, I, I think that's totally fine, too. I, I, I think both things yeah. are kind of happening, but he obviously trusts her enough to sleep through her getting out of bed. And he knew that she was. You know Batman knows that. You know Batman Maybe. knows that she's that's getting not, out. That's not presented like that at all in here. Well, yeah, and I you agree. You think the wedding's going to go off because uh, he found out she stole the dress? No, I just think it's... I don't know. I, I think... He would really have a hard time with her stealing that dress, and I think that she has to go steal that dress. And I think it's there's a lot of complex stuff going on in this I think that fairly simple issue. Like just if, if you take the first page where she gets out of bed and runs away, and you take the last page where she gets back into bed and Batman snuggles her, and you know what, what she did in between those, I think I think that says a lot about kind of how dysfunctional any relationship with Batman and Catwoman would have to be. And I would say that that's good comic booking to be able to do that. I would also, like, I, I, I could take or leave all the recap shots of their past relationship. I actually really like that because it says, like, we can go back and find these issues in these moments, but we've never seen this camera angle on those. So I mm -hmm. like those. But what I really liked was the Joelle Jones art yeah. and her doing that. I loved the minute-by-minute -minute assessment of that, mm -hmm. and her art is just beautiful, and she draws an, like a beautiful Catwoman, and I just, I really like that minute-by-minute -minute stuff. I like creating this plot of like, wow, she, like at one point there is a ten-minute jump between two panels on the nine-panel grid, and I love being like, well, what happened in those ten minutes? And then, but it shows that she was working on the top half of the dress, but, you know, the five panels before it were one minute apart, or sometimes no <laughs> minutes apart. Like, there is a but that makes sense because, like, somebody who's just like, well, I'm going to do a minute by minute and they're going to be working on this and then this. But it's like, no, this person has seen what parts of taking, like, putting on a dress takes time. Um, 
Uh, did you like the Michael Jannon pages? I I think his art is pretty darn good for this story. I think it's it's fine. I don't know what's going on with his colors. His colors are like Those, digital yeah. colors, and they've been that way the whole run. And I'm these not, are more digital though. Yeah, it's. He's using very weird layering. It's like there's always a really intense light source that causes gloss. How the heck do you tell? Is he coloring it? I guess that's pretty bright. No, that's June Chung and Jordi Belair doing the colors. Well, Jordi Belair presumably on at least Joel Jones stuff. I'm assuming he's, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming Maybe not. And and that coloring is is wonderful. But his stuff, whoever his colorist is, has has been doing this sort of uh, very glossy, almost cheap digital look and... I think it's fine, but it looks more like a video game FMV than it looks like a comic book sometimes. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. It it felt like an issue that you could skip and not miss out on much to me. Yeah. There There is some characterization that goes into that, but that could just be me trying to read more into it because I want to trust King more than I do just based on this issue. If I jumped in on this issue, I would not buy the next issue. It definitely was a standalone issue, unless the next issue mirrors it, which I do think is possible. I, I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't think I would care about it as much, um, Bruce, because Bruce wouldn't care about it as much. Yeah. I think that, like, I like that comment. I like the comment on, like, society emphasizing weddings and gowns, which is a stupid thing to emphasize, and Catwoman seems like a character that wouldn't really care about that. So she's, like, begrudgingly alone, breaking into this wedding place to find a dress, and she seems totally disinterested with all of them, and then, like, finds this one that, like, she just kind of is, like, a hip person hating this thing and hating these trends, but also how do you make peace with the fact that you're raised in a culture that emphasizes these trends in the way that they do? Like, I think it's a really socially astute issue. Um... Gender norms. So we already gave it scores. Nine point five. Yeah. What do yeah. we? What do we? What do we do then? When we finish something and we already give it scores. Uh, well, I have a voicemail and I have a Michael Jan follow up. I want to hear the Michael Jan follow up. I wasn't here last week. He yeah. finished metal. Metal. Did you guys want to jump out of a window when you finished metal? I haven't finished listening to last week's podcast. It was it went up a couple hours before this podcast. Did you not like metal? No. Well. I didn't like it as much as everyone else did. I didn't like how suddenly it's this universe-changing thing. I thought it was really interesting that they broke through the source wall, and I think that has kind of been a sacred cow that you can't go through. Mm. And they did it, and now we need 15 Justice League titles, and they're (sighs) going to set it up with not Capullo drawing a dinner party that's very awkward and weird. Well, Avengers is down to just one title, so they have to right. Break there's a, there's like and, uh, a, a bunch of different an amount of teams, that, team titles that you have right. to have at all times. Uh, I really, really liked it, and I really, really liked it. Like I really like a Grant Morrison comic book. So yeah. it, it does. Like I've said, pretty much everybody. Like I think it's going to be pretty polarizing, and I do understand not liking it. I really like. That's a pretty Jeff thing to love. Like creativity and imagination gets you out of it because, positive, mm-hmm. like, I love that. Um, I like how big it got. What I don't like is that it really, and it will take convincing on somebody uh, important's part to to make me believe that they did not drastically change the direction of that series halfway through. Yeah, I really think that like the fact that it was the highest selling DC book of the last like huge period of time 
made them be like, everyone is reading this. Do you want to make this be the next thing? Because they said right. contrary to that at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, they didn't pay off on some things that I thought were awesome, but they did some things I would have never seen coming. So I really like that. The, the Michael Jannon final bit was weird. I was yeah. just like, this is the regular Batman artist, right? And and why is why did Alfred make all these suits? And why is there a rock band playing? But that's and why the thing. is Alfred playing drums in the rock band? I didn't see that. Alfred's the goddamn drummer. <laughs> that's good. And well, and Super Super Sons were playing the guitars. Ugh. Yeah. That part really bothered me. And Got a little silly for Something about, like, what happens cheese. at a Batman party stays at a Batman party or something. Did they say that? It wasn't a Batman well, party. I mean, it was it, like, it's I because know. if it didn't stay, they would find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, so you got to keep that a secret. That's yeah. True. I think, uh, yeah, it seemed, like, it seemed like Snyder and Capullo covering Grant Morrison. In the most metal way. That's what I said to people is that I feel like he started working with Morrison a little bit halfway through it. Yeah. And it just got really hyped on Morrison. Did you say Thule? (laughs) Ultima (laughs) Thule? The Optimus Thule? But, you know, I I think him covering Grant Morrison is better than a lot of people covering Grant Morrison. And we get a lot of that, so. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. It just becoming suddenly becoming something that is going to affect the DC universe yeah. bugged me. It it already did that with all the negative universes, right? Like we just doubled the number of universes we have. We have all these new bad guys who you know aren't going to go away forever. Mm-hmm. We have Hawkman doing whatever mushy garbagey Hawkman thing that nobody cares about happening. And Ryan Hitch art. Also also you're going to throw us into a broken source wall and a bunch of Justice League teams because of metal? I didn't buy that. Yeah, but like, so, yeah, similarly, I, I thought, like, how are they going to write themselves out of this? And I was kind of dreading how they were going to do it and basically saying that the final metal is the metal of imagination and creativity. To me, like, that works perfectly. Yeah, it sounds like you were looking yeah. a lot more at the big picture, wider... Uh, Implications of it on, like, DC Comics in general rather than... Or, like, like the vice versa. It sounds like you were maybe focused... They were focused on these things, all the things that were in play. And they kind of just said, like, Ooh! Mechaleka high, mecha heine ho. And I feel like you can only mechaleka high if what you're saying, like, is making a comment on comic books and creativity and how we use them and... Because, yeah, the, the thing that will always sell me is when we, when a comic book is like, hey, remember how we all loved these when we were kids? Like, and yeah. that, that kind of, that's, that's, that's Jeff Bait right there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we got a voicemail. Oh. Are you ready for this? More than anything. Oh. I hope so. Let's, uh, Are you ready? Let's see if Django versus oh, yeah. technology works today. Bendis is a traitor. What? That's, Whoa. Uh, Whoa. that's what we got. It's from a mystery caller. Uh, he says Bendis is a traitor. A traitor to Marvel? Whoa. I don't know. That was a very ominous and threatening voicemail. Oh, and I want to make no. it clear that we're not necessarily on his side. I want, Gen- I want whatever side Bendis is on. You he's, know what I'm going to do? He's my he's, he's my North Star. You know what I'm going to do? What? The day Action Comics 1000 comes out, I'm going to put a post up on Reddit. 
It's going to be that Bendis is coming poster, but it's just going to be say Bendis came. <laughs> oh no! And then just that's going to get so many up for an exhausted, an exhausted picture of Bendis's face. Listen, no, it's just going to be that same picture of Superman, like all smug and <laughs> Jenga. You better do it quick. I remember we're on the West Coast, so time's a little. Uh, Later here. Is there mm-hmm. a midnight release? Because someone else there will think of that. There is a midnight release. Are we doing it, posting that on Reddit at 9 o'clock? Maybe I'll put it up now. I'll say sneak peek of DC's two-page spread ad starting the week Action you Comics could, 1000 comes out. You could label out. spoilers. Uh-huh. Action Comics ad uh. for <laughs> in our comic books. And it you would, heard it here first, ladies and dude, gentlemen. That would get oh, some man. upvotes if you did it right cool. like, well, ASAP. This has get been our, our perfectly acceptable Reddit tips. <laughs> Just the Reddit tips. I'm Jeff, and I'm jealous I didn't think of that. I'm Django, and I'm... Came. <laughs> oh. I'm Brayden, and I have to pee again. <laughs>